welcome to another episode of Cybersecurity One on One with Larry and Joe. So, Larry, I met Daniel on Twitter. Um, he posted on May nineteenth, and and uh, his post was I, I want to read it because I think it's such a cool uh, post, and I think you could probably relate to this. So, this is May nineteenth. It's already gotten two hundred likes, and uh, but he basically says, "Hey, anyone know any companies looking for remote full time entry level security analyst? I've submitted dozens of apps these past two weeks. Haven't heard much. Thanks for your help." So what really struck me about that tweet is, you know, that's really the common theme right now in cyber. And I know, Larry, you can relate to this, this uh, you know, effort too, right? The difficulty of getting an entry-level position in cybersecurity, yeah. you know, despite all the headlines, you know, there's this headline out there that said there's 500,000, you know, unfilled cybersecurity jobs, right? And yet there's like these really unrealistic kind of titles, right? So yeah, I was laughing when I read Daniel's tweet. It said, um, you know, there's this uh, position he was reading about an analyst uh, position. They wanted up to five years experience with former CISO experience. <laughs> it's crazy. So why, Daniel, why do you think that is? Why is it so hard? You know, there's, there's 500,000 jobs out there. Why do you think it's so hard uh, for someone that's in IT even to get into cybersecurity, like it just seems like this weird, crazy disconnect. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like we're we're seeing a lot of companies, you know, looking for these unicorns um, that we hear about on social media. You know, people they're they're too focused on looking for the people who can already jump in and just hit the ground running and have this senior level knowledge and um, not need any training. And um, I, I think that's really really hurting some of these companies. I mean, I, I think yeah. it's, it's really limiting their, their potential for you know, finding good candidates. So Joe and, um, and Daniel, uh, I talked to this one guy, he's an architect and he's a, a IT architect. And we, we were sitting, a developer, we were sitting and we were talking and I said, and I'm asking us, I said, what should I have on my resume? He said, the biggest word he said, you have to have the passion. He said, all the other stuff really doesn't matter. But when you look in, when, when you have the passion, what happens is, you know, you look at all the, all the requirements. The requirements to be, to get into IT, I mean, especially cybersecurity is so big, it kind of dampens your, your passion because you're like, man, I got to do all this just to be an analyst. You know what I mean? Uh-huh which is which is which is crazy i know it's it's certain stuff that you do probably have to know but he was telling me the biggest thing you have to have is the passions passion he said because i can teach you all this but he said i can't teach passion daniel i'd love to hear from you like what is it about cybersecurity that first kind of interested you like why cyber right you were in it what's your kind of main driver for wanting to get into cybersecurity yeah, so this is a fun question. Um, I think my interest started back when I, I, so I used to work as a police officer. I ended up going to a few workshops about digital forensics and crime scene investigation and uh, using uh, OSINT for social media investigations. <clears throat> and that that was fascinating to me. Once I started seeing, you know, I, I wasn't really into to tech at the time. I mean, you know, I, I like my gadgets and things like that. But um, once I get introduced to forensics and seeing how you could just get an image of of someone's machine and then analyze the, you know you can see all the history all the all the you know from from the memory to the, the disks i mean it was 
it was fascinating to me. And uh, I think I was hooked from there. After a few years in law enforcement, you know, I didn't really, I, you know, I decided it wasn't really for me. And um, I had this interest in tech and IT. So I started to transition into, into tech from there and um, got in as a, a, a computer repair for a couple of years. I was working on my degree at the time as well. And, and uh, the degree program is in integrated studies with a focus in web development. Um, they kind of took all my, my life experience and um, from the military and law enforcement and just kind of threw it all together in this uh, mishmash um, kind of a general studies. And um, yeah, so I, I took some security classes and um, eventually transitioned into, you know, this computer repair job and then um, a web development job opened up as well in the college. And I thought that'd be kind of cool because I was getting interested in, in coding and the, the web technology. Gotcha. Uh, on that and that's what I've been doing for the past six years. Hey, so one thing you guys both share in common, uh, you guys were both in the Navy together and there's this, uh, or maybe, uh, Navy, <laughs> but, uh, there's this cool. So, so, uh, Daniel, there's this tweet that you had that I thought Larry would appreciate. So I want to read it for Larry's benefit here. Um, he said, it is reminding me of my experience with military training. Uh, yes, I failed my first test in core school and got uh, set back a class. I was told by the head instructor I wouldn't be successful. I failed another test midway through training and had to go to academic review board. They liked my drive, my motivation, like Larry just said, passion, right? Which allowed me to continue. Continue to get criticism from the head instructor, passed everything from them on despite pressure and criticism, should have seen the look on the head instructor's face when he had to shake my hand at graduation. I just love that story. You know, that, that just shows perseverance, never quitting the passion and drive it must've taken to kind of overcome, you know, that, uh, that experience and stuff. Um, but, uh, any, any, uh, anything you want to fill in on that, um, on that story, Daniel, I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. That brings back a lot of memories for sure. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, it was an interesting experience. I mean, you know, when I first when I first got there, you know, one of the first things we had to do, I remember, was learn uh, basic life support and CPR. And you know, I, I had never been around that before. I had never um, had any of that training. And and uh, you know, I did my studying just like everybody else. And our first our first attempt at it, you know, I I had this instructor, and he was he was just terrifying. And he would, any you know, anytime I stumbled, he would just great you know you just yell at me and it, it was you know it was, it was a terrible experience and um so I, I ended up failing getting set back and um got a fresh start which was good um really stayed on top of my studying and you know i said i i don't care what what this guy thinks i'm going to show him you know and mm -hmm. um i just uh really stuck to the books and I, and I took every opportunity i had to study and um, yeah, this, I remember the second time I failed because I think it was three times, if you fail three times, you were released and, you know, mm. that a different career path was chosen for you at some point, you know, right. uh, which was also terrifying because <laughs> um, I really wanted to be a medic. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it, after the second time I failed, I had to go to review board. You know, I, I showed them, you know, they asked for my notes and, you know, they wanted proof that I wanted to be there. And, you know, they looked through my notes, my books, and they saw all these highlights and all my notes, and everything. And they were like, wow, okay. Like you're really trying, like, I can see you really want to be here. And, um, that made me feel a lot better. And they, you know, they let me go back to class. And, you know, from then on, it was just like, it was a little on edge. It was, I admit it was still a little terrifying, but, uh, you know, just 
you just got to stick with it, man. I mean, if you really want to do something, just stick to it. You know? I so guess, I see, yeah. I see a common, you know, element there with what you're going through now, right? You're, um, you know, hitting the books, you're, you're certifying, you're not giving up. So that same drive, you know, still there. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, it, it's, it's been a very similar type of experience. I mean, uh, going through some of these certifications uh, has been great, you know, lifts really, you know, lifts my spirits, feels good. And then uh, I, you know, I get more interviews and I mean, I admit it's frustrating, you know, getting the rejections and, um, but I mean, that's part of the process, you know, it just, uh, I think it only makes you stronger. You know, if, if you're passionate about something and you have the drive and the motivation, um, you know, figure out your, figure out your why, you know, if you, if it's something you really want to do, you'll get there. Um, as tough as it is, I mean, it can, it can drag you down, but you know, it right. just hang in there and uh, keep at it. That's um, now the, um, that why is so important. Uh, one of the things Larry wants to eventually do, I think is he, he wants to get into penetration testing. And I noticed one of the, the tests you took is the pen test uh, beta exam. Um, can you tell Larry a little bit about that exam? And uh, cause I think that's, that's also, uh, I think maybe what you guys possibly might share in common a little bit as well. I, I noticed, you know, you do the the hack the box and the the try hack mean these various things. So I want to get into that next. But first, tell us a little bit about that pen test uh, beta exam. So yeah, I, so I went through a Udemy course um, taught by Jason Dion. And it was for the first version. And um, I, I was I was watching some of his reviews about the second version. And he and he was saying it's it's pretty much the same. If you went through if you're comfortable with the first version, you're you should be okay with a second. Um, so I figured I would I would give that a shot, and I didn't realize that I wouldn't get the results until the you know the exam was officially released later in the year. So I uh-huh. took the exam, and I I felt really good about it. I was like, oh, this is great. I can't wait to see my score. And then like get to the end, and it's like, okay, you'll get your score when it's when it's released later in the year. And I was a little bummed, but um, it was. Uh, it was, it was, it was interesting. It was, um, it was a lot of NMAP, you know, a lot of, uh, scripting output, um, a lot of methodology about, um, different, uh, uh, you know, approaches to, to pen tests and vulnerability assessments. And, um, I don't remember a ton about it. Gotcha. Uh, but, uh, do you, th- do you think the, um, like the hack the box and that, that kind of stuff that you've been spending a lot of time on, um, what do you think out of all those activities, what do you think helped prepare you the most for that exam? What would you recommend for Larry uh, to maybe spend time on? Um, definitely. So one thing that I've really enjoyed is uh, Try Hack Me. I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Try Hack Me. Um, okay. they, ha- they have a, an actual pen test plus career path that you can take. And it's... It, it, it was awesome. I mean, you go through different um, different modules and they kind of walk you through different scenarios and you get a chance to get exposed to different tools and technologies. And a lot of that was on the exam. Um, okay. Yeah, so, so I would definitely so recommend Try Hack Me. Try Hack Me. So yeah. tell, um, for someone that's listening and they've never actually done one of those kind of websites, tell us, uh, tell us about that experience. Like just imagine you're talking to someone who's never even been on one of those sites before what you know what is try hack me and and what's that experience like 
Oh man. Um, so TryHackMe is it's a website that trains that trains you on how to hack. Um, it teaches you about how the web works, how networks work, how certain types of programs work. Um, teaches you the different tools and skill sets needed to to learn how to navigate the web and, and hack into uh, different technologies and okay exploit so, vulnerabilities. So kind um, of an introductory to hacking kind of course. Now you've done a few of these like Hack the Box, Code Academy, Range Force, Cyber Defenders. Like you've you've done a variety of those. Is Try Hack Me the one that you'd recommend Larry kind of start with, or or folks like Larry, or or is there a different site that you'd recommend first before that one? I think I would definitely recommend Try Hack Me. Um, you get a good, uh, a, a broad range of, you know, it really teaches you from, from the beginning, from uh, network fundamentals. Um, so you start with the fundamentals and it, and it gets a little harder as you progress through. And okay. I would definitely recommend Try Hack Me. Um, I really enjoyed that one for sure. And then uh, I noticed you have uh, Hack the Box. How does that compare um, to Try Hack Me? Uh, so Hack the Box is, um, so they recently came out with Hack the Box Academy. Uh, Hack the Box itself is a, a, was a little more challenging um, to sort of figure out. You have to, you have to actually hack your way in to create an account. And like, so if you want to go sign up, you'll, you'll go to the sign up page and it'll say, okay, go ahead and figure out how to get in. You, know, you, have, you have to actually, you know, you can use a little bit of Googling to, to figure it out, but um, oh, yeah, you have to wow. Hack your way in to create an account, and once you're in, you can choose different uh, different boxes to or different challenges. It's kind of like a CTF uh, capture the flag. Um, mm -hmm. So you so you choose a box based on level of difficulty, and um, use. So they don't really have. You, you kind of actually have to have the knowledge uh, if you're just on hack okay. the box. Okay. Um, so you can't just start with hack the box. You, you really need to go through try hack me first to get some skills before advancing yeah. to that one. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah. Um, tell us about uh, Code Academy. Uh, Code Academy is fun. Um, I've been using that for many years. Uh, started back in uh, college. Uh, it's just a great introduction to, to programming. That's where, you know, if, if you ever want to get into coding or, or learn how to read a certain type of language, I would recommend Code Academy. Um, it's a great introductory to, to many different programming languages. Um, and based on like what you've been learning is, um, is Python like the, you know, in your in your opinion, right to Larry, is Python a um, the most important scripting language or one of the first scripting languages he should try to develop? Or what do you recommend? I think Python is the most recommended. Um, it's definitely one of the easier ones to read. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think okay. I would definitely go with Python as, as okay. a first language. Um, some of the, I mean, some of the first ones I were exposed to were, you know, like web, uh, some of the web uh, languages like HTML and PHP. Um, gotcha. But uh, yeah, as far as like for, for pen testing and, and learning how to do some scripting and, and creating some tools for, for uh, learning how to, how to create some uh, scanners or, um, yeah, I would definitely use Python uh, for sure. It's a good one to start with. 
right, I've got two more that I've never heard of. I I, I want to uh, also hear your opinion or or your experience with. Uh, tell us about Range Force and then Cyber Defenders. Yeah, so Range Force. I just learned about that uh, recently. It's um, how can I describe it? So they have different career paths. They call battle paths and. I worked through this one called, it was a SOC Analyst 1 Battle Path. And okay. each path has, I think, 10 modules that you walk through. And each module has three different exercises and a challenge at the end of each exercise. And it walks you through different scenarios, like actual real, real world type of scenarios. Um, for instance, this, the most recent one I did, you know, it gives you like an overview of of like a basic overview of a technology like um, PowerShell. So it'll give you a quick intro of PowerShell. And then the next module, you'll probably use PowerShell to create some sort of uh, script in Active Directory um, to work your way through some exercise. And there was one module where I got to work with, uh, uh, sorry if I butcher the name, I think it's uh, Suricata um, Intrusion Detection System. And, you know, it had, me, it had to log into a firewall and read the read the log output, and then you would create a rule to um, alert you if any if a certain activity took place, and then you could go in and adjust the rule to, to block the, to block the uh, activity. And I mean, it was, it was just really neat. It was actual hands-on that's awesome. It was, it was like I felt really confident about working with it after I completed these modules, and that's okay. what I love about it. It was just so like, it was a pretty pretty effective training keep um, like experience. It's something you'd recommend as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, awesome. I, I don't. I think they have a community version. I was lucky enough to be selected for a uh, a premium battle path uh, earlier in the year, uh, which okay. is how I got my introduction to it. Um, but yeah, they definitely. I think they have a community version. Um, that you can sign up for and work your way through different modules. And then last one, um, and thanks for sharing all your experience here. Tell, tell Larry a little bit about what Cyber Defenders is. So Cyber Defenders is a blue team uh, capture the flag type of uh, platform that has different um, exercises for like the, I guess you could say the blue team uh, type of career path um i worked through a couple that so there so you download the exercise and then it walks you through um questions and it gives you a scenario and you got to go through and analyze the the, the splunk output um look through the the activity and and figure out the answers to the questions and work your way through they have everything from reverse engineering malware to uh working with splunk to um working with some different tools i think i remember flare gotcha. which is uh okay is that, is that a mandiant tool i forget um but yeah it gives you a chance to work with different tools um and in a local setting and you can just you download it and you know they experiment okay. with it and get a chance to get some hands-on training with, with one of the tools um, that reminds me i saw one of your tweets um it, it looked like you were really enjoying the malware analysis tell us a little bit about <laughs> about that yeah, I just thought it was pretty cool to to be able to 
I enjoyed the, I guess, the hunt, the, the sorting through the puzzle pieces to see how the malware was put together. Um, I thought that was really cool, getting getting to know the, the, the different types of methods to, to take them to, to reverse engineer. Uh, so that, yeah, that reminds me a little bit about you. Um, you had some exposure to digital forensics, which is kind of similar. I mean, it's different, right? Malware analysis and reversing it, figuring out what it's doing and everything is, is, is obviously one kind of skill, kind of a, a super niche kind of area of uh, information security. I think Marcus Hutchins is the guy who found the, um, uh, the kill switch in WannaCry. And so he's actually probably the most famous uh, reverse engineer for malware uh, probably ever, right? Because he basically stopped WannaCry from <laughs> destroying the world, <laughs> basically, right? Um, but uh, the digital forensics um, is very similar, right? You're looking through a hard disk and oftentimes you clone a hard disk and you're looking for uh, evidence of a crime or whatever for, for the investigators. Um, do you, do you see some similarity there in terms of like, and, and kind of where I'm going with this question is kind of maybe potential interest in a career path or, or a position even is digital forensics, um, an interesting, uh, possibility for you for a future career? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's what initially got me interested in this field. Um, I, it's been, a, it's been an interesting journey for the past six months or so. I've. I've been sort of jumping all around, getting getting the hang of what's out there and seeing all the different paths and mm -hmm. uh, different types of jobs and different tools and technologies. And um, yeah, forensics is definitely something I would love to pursue uh, at some point in the future, along mm -hmm. with along with malware engineering. And, um, That's yeah, cool. Definitely. Yeah, there's so many interesting parts, right, Larry? And and um, so there's there's one program. Um, that Larry recently learned about. Um, Daniel, I'm curious if you've ever heard of it. It's called the Microsoft MSSA Academy. Uh, have you ever heard of that, Daniel? No, I've never heard of that. Larry, could you tell Daniel a little bit about that Microsoft Academy? So the Microsoft Academy is mainly for, uh, for veterans, for, for military people. And it it's kind of a beginning into to Microsoft. So it's a lot of it's a lot of math and stuff like that. <laughs> I didn't get that deep into it because I was going to school at the time. So it was just that and work was killing me. But I went to a couple of the sessions and it's pretty intense. It's, it's um you start off, of course, everything you always start off with the basics, the basis of, of Microsoft and stuff like that. But you start I, I, from what I gather, you get into Microsoft Defender, you get into a lot of the other intricates of uh of Microsoft, from what I gather. Awesome. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, you got to check that out, that that academy. And uh, once I'm done with this school and all the interesting stuff that you uh, suggested to me, uh, like the the Try Hack Me, I think I'm going to try that one first. Uh, I'm going to definitely go back to the, to the, try the Microsoft Academy out again. Yeah, it's intense. It's every. I think it's. It was every Tuesday, and I think Tuesdays and Thursday, and I, it was three o'clock or no, it was twelve o'clock um, Pacific time. Mm -hmm. So that's probably yeah. three o'clock okay. time. 
And it, it's all virtual now. It used to be um, you would you would actually have to go, I think, physically, you know, in person. Yeah. But I, I believe they've just transitioned it um, to uh, to virtual. But uh, um, yeah, it's a one of the guys I knew uh, went through there, and then he became a SOC analyst uh, for NASA, and um, the the program definitely helped you know prepare him for that. Um, and uh, I've you know had. Uh, had the pleasure of meeting a few folks that have graduated from there and and they've gone on to uh, they've got a good uh, placement program um, but this is just a way that Microsoft kind of gives back to to veterans that serve the country you know it's a uh, Microsoft picks up all the cost for it uh, which is which is great uh, from my perspective it's good because most businesses actually run you know Microsoft software whether it's Office 365 or Azure, um, Microsoft is now kind of becoming a, a pretty prominent player in the security um, area, as you guys are probably, you know, seeing, you know, the, the Gartner and the Magic Quadrants and all the, all the different kind of industry analysts are now kind of ranking Microsoft up pretty high in terms of, uh, you know, defense uh, capabilities, right? So whether it's Defender for Endpoint, Defender for Identity, Defender for Office, these, these, uh, these tools are um, you know, definitely, uh, um, gaining prominence and, you know, selfish little, uh, thing for me, of course, is, is that's, uh, that's what I do. Yeah. My, my day job well, is good. actually helping, uh, helping companies implement the Microsoft technologies, uh, to defend their organizations from, from hackers. So we've, so I'm, my interest of course is, uh, you know, uh, hiring folks that have Microsoft uh, security skills is primarily what we look for when we hire. Uh, so um, back to you guys though here. Um, Daniel, I saw you got some recent hands-on experience with Carbon Black, which is one of, one of my competitors. Um, but it was interesting. It looked like you had an opportunity to kind of use it in, in uh, investigating ransomware a little bit. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, so that was a that was a that was a really cool experience. Um, so I've been uh, fortunate enough to work with uh, a company on a part time basis, and um, you know, it's with a, a fellow veteran who, who reached out to me from an earlier tweet and um, brought me on to kind of kind of get some real world experience and, and teach me some some things. And he's been a great mentor, and it's been uh, it's been a really awesome experience. And yeah, so recently. Um, I was able to work with this carbon black tool to, uh, to uh, help um, find some ransomware activity. And um, like, uh, I don't want to be too critical of carbon <laughs> black, but it was, <laughs> the experience was, was pretty bad. I think uh, the interface, you know, you know, the, the UI was tough to navigate. I would recommend maybe trying a different EDR. <laughs> gotcha. But uh, tell us about the ransomware. Did, did, uh, um, was it interesting? Was that your first ransomware encounter? Um, any lessons learned there? Was that, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so that was my first encounter with ransomware. Um, as I was trying to get the hang of the, the, the tool and the interface, I was, I was scrolling through some of the activity and I just noticed a pattern of, of, this, of this text. And I, I reached out and I was like, guys, I'm seeing this strange text. Um, is this anything that you're seeing in the 
the, the reverse engineering of the malware. Um, so as I was working with the EDR, I was, I was trying to create a watch list to alert us um, when any of the IOCs would uh, show up or pop up in the activity. And, um, and I was just seeing this, this pattern of this, this strange text. And as I would drill down further, I, I, I saw the, uh, the, the task scheduler, which was, um, I guess, the persistence mechanism, uh, which was obviously making the, the ransomware reoccur um, upon a certain activity. And um, yeah, so that's, that was my, my part in that, um, finding gotcha. the, finding the, the, this pattern. And then after we, after, um, showing the guys, the pattern, then we drilled down further and I was like, Oh, there's the, there's the, uh, the task schedule. That's, that's the, that's the root cause right there. Like good find. That was pretty cool. So that is cool. Um, I got a question. Is That's pretty much forensics right there that you're doing. Uh, yeah, I guess, um, I guess you could say it's forensics. Uh, yeah, so that's yeah. what that's what the forensics would do. They would go down yeah. that deep rabbit hole. Part of the incident response <laughs> process. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like when you're when you're trying to identify uh, areas of persistence, like his malware, you know, embedded in say the run once key or you know different areas of the disk where it where it wants to you know persist after reboot yeah there's definitely a forensics element to that that's true yeah some of these skills definitely cross over into different disciplines for sure um so one of the daniel one of the things larry is super interested in is linux uh he uh is is just you know he was exposed to linux and uh he just really digs it i saw you uh took the lpi linux essentials exam recently and i know larry's very interested in that um what did you use to prepare or study for that exam so i actually used again i used the udemy um it was another jason dion course uh so if you haven't picked up on it already i'm a big fan of jason dion's uh material um he's got a website i think it's called uh deontraining.com but um yeah, I, I just love the way he explains the concepts and the the, the material. And so I used his Udemy course for that, and okay. I, I think I actually also on the LPI website they they have their own courses available, okay, um, or, or text. And I just I sort of went through the um, the Linux Essentials text just to, just to sort of brush up before I actually hit the exam. Okay, cool. So that was super helpful too. That's that's huge, right, Larry? Um, just a, a tip like that, like which Udemy course, you know, to help prepare. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I love Udemy. Um, so if you're ever on there and, and you wait until they have their their sales, which is usually it seems like it's all the time, every couple of weeks or every holiday, they have some sort of sale, you know, and you can just pick up some courses and put them in your your collection and check them out later. Um, yeah, all sorts of good stuff on Udemy. Cool. Um, yeah. That was a fun exam. I, I, I love Linux myself, and uh, it, it was it was pretty fun. It was like forty questions, um, pretty simple, pretty pretty high level kind of stuff. So okay, it was definitely it was pretty fun. I do have one. So have you took your Security Plus? Yeah, I did. Um, I did the Security Plus back in. March, thank you very much. A couple of months ago. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm taking mine next week. So any any recommendations? Well, of course, besides uh, the school material I have, you have any uh, recommendations? Um, something that helped me was at the beginning of the test. So like the first five questions are usually like uh, like hands-on drag and drop type questions, so different mm -hmm. scenarios. I would save those for last. Go through go through all the multiple choice first, and then you know and do the hand drags. Go back to to review the ones that you skipped earlier. And, and uh, so so Daniel, you've taken a lot of. It sounds like you've taken a lot of exams. Or which certifications uh, do you currently have? Uh, yeah. So for cybersecurity, um, I've taken the Security Plus. Um, recently, the the Linux Essentials. Uh, I've taken the Pentest Plus beta exam with uh, Apple certified Mac tech back when I worked in computer repair at uh, the college. Um, for I mean, I have a few for web development as well, which I, I, I don't think they're as relevant, but I, I have uh, uh, certified uh, Acquia Drupal site builder uh, certifications as well for, for working with uh, Drupal open source software. Um, yeah. I have, Quite a few, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely something I try to try to press upon in an interview is just that, you know, I may not have, you know, the experience right now. I may not check all of the boxes, but I have these other intangibles that I can sort of carry over from past experiences, you know, from working in law enforcement or, or healthcare. You know, I, I can. I can, uh, you know, as a, a police officer, you know, I had to do a lot of reporting and investigating and, and those types of skills are definitely useful in cybersecurity. So, right. Um, right. Yeah. I think like I, I try to hit on things like that and it's just, yeah, again, I may not have all the experience, but it's something I definitely love. I, I there isn't anything else I'd rather do. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Sometimes it doesn't even feel like you're, you're working, you know, you can just get caught up in it for, for hours trying to, trying to learn something or solve a puzzle somewhere. It's just, it's so much fun. And I, yeah, I just, I would just love an opportunity to, to really get some top, you know, full-time experience. And Absolutely. Just, hey, you know, just keep your passion going. That's something that, you know, sometimes with me, it's like, oh man, I can't, I really want to get into it, but it's, you know, it seems like those doors are never open, but just keep the passion and the faith. I appreciate that very much. Yeah, it, it worked out. I guarantee it. Yeah, you as well. I'm looking forward to hearing about your your journey and. Oh yeah, well, so. it's still ongoing. It's fun. It's interesting. I just I just started a new job as a tester, so it's a lot of data entry and stuff like that. But um, uh, my 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 end goal is to to definitely. Um, get into cybersecurity, even just to start off as a SOC analyst, I can start off at the lowest level. I don't really care just to get in there, get the experience, get the, you know, the know-how and then just, you know, work my way up from there. Yep. And that's the goal of this podcast, right? We're going to keep this show going until Larry gets his uh, cybersecurity job. We're, we're kind of journaling the, the, uh, the experience. And uh, I think Dan, you started a, a website um, here recently, kind of similar kind of idea in mind, right? Kind of journaling your experience. Um, uh, if if uh, 
is that a good way for someone to get a hold of you, Dan? Or uh, if, if there's someone interested in connecting with you, uh, would you like us to link to your LinkedIn or how, how best can we get people uh, to connect with you? Uh, yeah, my website would be fine. Yeah, so if you want to connect with Daniel, it's uh, Cyber Sec Dan. So that's cyberSecdan.com. And uh, yeah, feel free to connect with Daniel there. If, if you know of anyone hiring uh, for a position in cybersecurity, uh, you've got a chance to hear a little bit about Daniel's background. Uh, similar, if you've uh, got an entry-level position, uh, SOC analyst uh, you know, for Larry, um, please connect with him. We've got his information on the podcast show as well. Um, want to thank you both. This was fun. A really good, uh, really fun time getting to know you, Daniel. And, uh, and let's keep in touch and please um, let us know uh, when you get that position so we can update the show notes uh, for this particular uh, podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. This was a blast. I appreciate it.